Wow, such a presence of God in this place. And I've just been sitting there and singing and just expressing my heart towards God. I love that song. The first time I heard it really was today. I'd heard it once before. Thank you, Chris. But, um, you know, to be singing today, we adore you. We adore you, God. We love you with everything on the inside of us. And it's a verse that we've sung. We've, we've heard it a number of times today, quoted and sung. And we know from Isaiah 9 that it says, for unto us a child is born. Just been singing it. The child was the son of the living God, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, all God and all man. Unto us a son is given, not just sent, but he was a gift. He was a gift. He's the gift from the heart of Almighty God to each and every one of us here today. And the government, the authority will be upon his shoulders. I think there's a bit of a fight for authority going on in the world today. Everybody wants to rule everybody else. Everybody wants to run somebody else's life. I'm so glad today that Jesus Christ is Lord and King and the government is upon his shoulders. And his name will be called. You know there's a power in names. You know the name you're given means really in the Bible it's the character that you have. It's what you are. All of our names mean something. It's, it's quite funny to see what some of your names mean. My name means a youthful shaveling. I don't know really what that means. I like the youthful bit. Get younger every day. Shaveling? I don't know. What's a shaveling? Is somebody just started to shave? I don't know. <clears throat> but his name is wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Wholeness, which we know here in Citygate means nothing missing, nothing broken. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. We'll leave that there for today. But, you know, here we are in the middle of the Christmas season. You know, Christmas is in two weeks' time. I better start doing my Christmas shopping. Probably start it on the 23rd. That's when I normally start. <clears throat> Life's a bit busy before then. But um, here we are in the middle of the Christmas season. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of things that we're now thinking, is it going to happen? Isn't it going to happen? But in the middle of it all, it's really important for us to remind ourselves and to understand and to keep our hearts and our minds on what the Christmas story is really all about. And the Christmas story is absolutely central to us understanding who God is. Who God is. We've, we've sung today, we've heard today that Jesus Christ is the gift of the Father. For God so loved that he gave. He gave his only begotten Son. And, and to understand the gift, you've got to understand the giver. You've got to understand the giver. You've got to understand the heart that's behind the gift. Now we know from the Bible and a lot of us from experience that for God so loved the world that he gave that whoever believes in him will not perish but have abundant life, everlasting life. So therefore we know now that the gift is a love gift and that the results of the life is abundant. Yeah, and the results of the gift rather is abundance. 
the abundance of joy, the abundance of love, the abundance of peace and the abundance of faith and the abundant life that there is in God. I'm so glad the Christian life is not a, a depressed, downtrodden, miserable life. It's an abundant, overflowing life that's filled with God himself. But I want to look a little bit more at the gift itself today. And we know the gift is, is Christ himself. And he's all God, all man. We know from the passage I've just read from, from another translation says this, his names will be amazing counselor, strong God, eternal father, the prince of wholeness. His authority will grow and there's no restriction to the wholeness that he will bring. I love that. No limit. No limit to the restriction, sorry, to the, to the wholeness that he brings into our lives. As I was thinking about that and I, heard, and I heard somebody say something like this the other day and it sort of inspired what I'm going to call this next 10 minutes of the message and that is this. God is more than you think he is. He's more than you think he is. Even for those of us who know him and have known him for years, I've been a Christian now since 19, what is it, 84, that's 28, 38 years. Wow. 37. Thank you for the correction there. My maths, I'm normally good at maths. But even though I've known him for that long, the more I get to know him, the more, the greater he is. There's more of him to know. There's more of him to experience. I've experienced his forgiveness, but I need to think again because he's, he's he's, he's, in my experience, his forgiveness has been awesome, but his forgiveness is greater and more than I've ever experienced. His power is amazing and I've experienced of his power and his healing power and his, and his delivering, freeing power, and yet he's more than I think he is. His grace has turned my life upside down and yet His grace is more than I think it is. God is more than you think today. And as we go through this Christmas season with everything wanting to try to squash us down into its mold, we've got to remember God is more than we think He is. He's greater than everything we've gone through and will go through and face because God is greater. I don't know if you've ever had high expectations and been let down. I think life is full of um, opportunities to be encouraged and also to be disappointed. Have you ever seen a film and everyone's raving about when the film comes out, it's going to be amazing and you watch it and you think, well, I'll give it a three out of ten. <laughs> ever been there? So, like, oh, that wasn't brilliant, was it? The hype was more than the gift, than the film. But our God's not like that. He never lets you down. He never disappoints you. Because he's more than we think he is. So I've just got three points today concerning the fact that God is more than we think he is. The first point is this. God is closer than you think. I don't know who I'm speaking to here today, but God is right in the middle of your situation. He's right there in the middle of your workplace. He's right there in the middle of your job. He's right there in the middle of your street. He's right there in the middle of your family situation. He's right there closer than you think. I'm sure people have asked this question in the last couple of years. 
Where's God in all of this? I know there are passages in the Bible. You can turn to the Old Testament. Wow. If God was really God, then he'd be here right now. He'd be doing something right now. I want to say it loud and clear today. God is closer than you think. He's closer than you think. No, in fact, no matter how far away people go from him, the moment they turn around, he's right there. God is closer than you think. You see, when Christ came, it was the expression of God coming close. A lot of religions, a lot of faiths, a lot of beliefs and philosophies have a distant type of a, a being. That we've got to somehow get to him. That we've got to somehow do something in order, in order to get there. And if we're good enough or we're pious enough or if we're doing the right thing, or we're, then perhaps one day we might get there. I'm so glad that 2,000 years ago, we didn't have to get there, but he came to us. And he was born in a manger. We know the story. We know it's not just a story. The account, it happened. All God and all man, God in the flesh, coming right into the middle of where we are. There was a song a few years ago, and, and even though it was, I'm not going to comment on the song, and it, but it, it's just a heart cry of so many people. What if God was one of us? I think it goes, just a slob like one of us. I'm not saying we're slobs, but it's the song. Friend, I want to tell you today, God became one of us. He came so close that he lived among people. In fact, he wanted to be so among people that he, he even said, I'm going to hide who I really am in order to really get close so I don't become some superstar. And he just lived among people and he was there in their marketplace and he was there in the fisherman's boat and he was there in the, in the houses of the people that, that other people wanted to avoid and he was there with the outcasts and the lepers and he was there with the entrepreneurs. He was there with the successful business people. He was there, not in Herod's palace, in a palace, but he had connection in there of people that supported him. He was everywhere you found people, you found Jesus. He's closer than you think. He's closer than you think. I don't know if you've ever, you know, been the type of person who perhaps can be present, but your mind's on something else. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. We've been married 35 years and Sharon's got used to me now. We can be in the middle of a, a conversation and, and suddenly my mind goes on to something else. And then afterwards, I'll realize, oh, like five minutes has gone by and I've got no idea what we've been talking about. I don't just, I just focus, guys. I focus out there. My mind goes somewhere. And I say, Sharon, I'm really sorry. You've just got to say it all again. Now we have a generation and a whole, a whole culture, really, where, you know, the phone pings and it doesn't matter even if we're in the middle of a conversation. Bam, our attention's drawn to something else. We call it absent presence. Where we're more in tune with what's going on with a device than we are with the people around us. That can be infuriating, can't it? Kids, kids, kids. Hey, hey, I'm here, I'm here. Eye contact. You know. I'm so glad that our God is not an absent present God. 
I don't have to jump up and down and shout and scream to get his attention. Now, when we pray, we get a bit passionate and I'll absolutely get stirred up and go for it and whatever else. But it's not to get God's attention. It's because I'm doing something and releasing something in prayer. How many of you know the Bible says God knows every word before you even say it? His ears are attentive to the cry of the righteous. See, God's not an absent, present God. He's not a, a far away, distant sort of a being where we've got to you know, do something special to try to get his attention. He lives amongst us. He's right here. He's not disinterested. The Bible says he's easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's right in the middle of your situation and walking through. And as we go through into 2022, it's going to be a phenomenal year of blessing, the blessing of God and highly favored. And, and I know God wants to move in the most powerful ways, but at the very heart has to be our close relationship with the Heavenly Father, that he is closer than we think. When we go in, he's with us. When we come out, he's with us. In the office, he's with us. In the family, he's with us. In the shopping center, he's with us. He's closer than we think. The second thing today is, as I was thinking how close God is, have you ever had people that are really close and you wish they weren't? <laughs> Can I say things like that for me? I don't know. You think, man alive, you're just too close for comfort. Just give me some space here. Well, the second thing on the back of the fact that God is closer than you think is this, that God is kinder than you think. He's kinder than you think. Don't you love being around kind people? I don't know about you, but I want that on my gravestone. He was kind. I don't care about anything else. But there was something about the whole character of people who are kind. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to say that. You didn't have to go there for, you didn't have to, you didn't have to. Isn't it great to be around kind people? It really is, isn't it? You know, your life is marked. You remember when you've encountered kindness. You just think, wow, that was so refreshing. That was just so encouraging. That absolutely did me the world of good. And you know what? The Bible really encourages us to be the sort of people who are kind to other people. Just do it because you can. Just say it because you can. Don't pull people down. Lift them up. Don't add to people's problems. Try and relieve them. Be kind to people, whether that's opening the door for a stranger, helping somebody with their shopping, buying somebody a week's food, whatever it is, come on, let's be kind people. But the great thing today is that our God is kinder than we think. Now, I don't know about you, but I know God to be a kind God, but he's kinder than even I've experienced and I imagine. Kindness leaves a mark on your life. Not selfishness and arrogance and rudeness and brashness and vengeful attitude. Not critical, but kindness. And everywhere Jesus was, he was kind. He said a kind word. He did a kind deed. Oh, feeding the 5,000. What an amazingly powerful thing. Yeah, you know why he did it? Because of kindness, because people were hungry. 
That's why he did it. He didn't just do it to say, oh, look, we got a story of how Jesus can do this amazing stuff. It's because people were just hungry that day. Isn't that amazing? Do you know why he healed people? The Bible says it's because he had compassion on them. He had compassion and he healed. You see, everything about Jesus Christ was close and there and immediate and interactive, but it was because we serve an incredibly kind Savior. It's not something that perhaps we often us sort of raving loud Pentecostals talk about a lot. We love to talk about the power and the might and the authority and the dominion and the uh, casting out and binding and loosing and da da da. But guys, he's a kind God. He just loves to help people in the middle of their situation. So our God is kind and he's close. He's close and he's kind. You see, if he was close but not kind, I might want to get away from him. If he's kind but not close, well, I might have heard about it but never experienced it. But he's close. And he's kind. Is this good news this morning? I think it is. And lastly today, as the band comes up and we close, God, you see, I had a, he's closer and he's kinder, so I needed another cur. <laughs> Just being blunt, so deep. And I thought about what I believe God wanted to say. And I, it's this, God is cleverer. God is cleverer than you think. He's closer, he's kinder, and he's cleverer. God is an incredible God. He knows what he's doing. You see, being really close is great. And being kind is great. But if you haven't got the power or the ability or, or the the understanding to turn things around, then being close and kind doesn't solve the problem. Hello? I don't know. I can remember when I was about, I don't know what age I was. I've got to have been about three, three or four years old. I don't have a lot of memories from before I was 12 or 13. Uh, really can't remember that period of my life at all. But I can remember this. And I can remember we were in the lounge and my mum was lying on the sofa, not very well. She was here in the first service and she could remember this. And I can remember her just lying there. And I was two, three, four years old, no more than that. Because you know what? I had a blanket. I had a blanket. And there was mum lying there and I was close. And I had an attitude of kindness. But what can I do about this situation? I can't heal. I'm not a doctor. You know, when you're that age, it's like, oh, you need a doctor or whatever. And so I thought, I know what I'll do. And I went upstairs and I got my blanket. And I put it under her face and I, you know, something like that. And I said, there you go. You'll be all right now. That's it. Everything's sorted. You'll be fine, mum. Get up and make the dinner. I don't know what it was. Blanket sorted out. Well, I was close and I was kind, but I didn't sort anything out. See, closeness and kindness are great to have as attitudes and compassion and heart attitude. But our God is not just close and kind. 
He's incredibly clever. He's incredibly powerful. He knows what to say and he knows what to do. He's never lost for words. And you know what? When he speaks, he gives life. Whenever you come to God, you know you're always going to hear a word in season. You know you're going to hear a word that's going to transform your life and lift you up and empower you or give you the answer that you need. I'm so glad that the Bible says that Jesus Christ went through everything I've gone through. He's had to experience and had to, and had to face and overcame. And in all of it, he didn't sin. And he lived a wonderful, perfect, sinless, pure, overcoming, powerful life. So when I come to Jesus, I know that he's been through what I'm facing. Very clever God. Very, very clever God. I know that if I come to God... He's so clever that He holds my future in His hands and that He's ordered every footstep. That doesn't mean to say that we become a robot because we have a free choice and I actually don't believe that there's just one footstep in front of the other. I believe that if I turn left here, God says, okay, let's reroute. If I turn right, God says, hey, let's reroute. Bit like your sat-nav. That's a clever sat-nav. If I go down the wrong road, it's not a problem. It just goes, new route. Clever sat-nav. Can I say we serve a very clever God who knows whatever happens today, He's going to bring us through. Whatever happens tomorrow, He's going to bring you through on top. Whatever happens next week, He's already been there. He's going to bring you through on top. He's close, He's kind, and He's incredibly clever. Incredibly clever. You know what the most clever thing, the cleverest thing about our God is this? His plan of salvation. Wow, is that mind-blowing. Is that amazing? See, anybody can think up this. Okay, there's a God and He's obviously holy and powerful. So we really need to impress Him. Let's wear special clothes and eat special food and then God might accept us. Anybody can think that up. I mean, that's just no-brainer. Because that's the sort of thing man comes up with in our ignorance. But you've got to go to the Bible, which is not a book that's written by man. It's a book, book written by God for man. Incredibly clever. The plan of salvation that's revealed in the Bible and, and, is, and is presented in the life of Jesus Christ is so clever, no one could have thought of it. Didn't come up in the imagination of a, of a human being. It's the plan of a very clever God. And you know what the plan of salvation is? You can never come to me, so I am going to come to you. All you need to do is receive what I've done and I'm going to come and live on the inside of you so the life you live, you're now going to live in relationship with me. Incredibly clever plan. And the plan involved the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross who was spotless and perfect in order to pay the price for all of us who never could be. See, every other thing that man thinks up, we can mess up. But the clever plan of God says, 
well, the whole point of this is because you mess up. Isn't that clever? Isn't that clever? The power of the Holy Spirit that He gives us. Very clever thing. It's an amazing plan. You know what the Bible says about God's plan? For I know the plans I have for you. Another version says the thoughts I think about you. Plans to plans of good and not of evil. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you today for this incredible understanding that you are more than we could ever, ever think. You're closer than we think, you're kinder than we think, and you are certainly cleverer than we think. You're an amazing God. You amaze us. Amazing grace. Lord, you amaze us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here right now close. Thank you for being kind to us that you've got plans to to prosper us, not not to harm us, to bring us through. And thank you, God, that you are incredibly powerful to bring a breakthrough in each and every situation, to open doors which no one can shut, to raise up every valley and bring down every mountain. Lord, we are so glad that we know you today, that Jesus, you are our Lord and Savior. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And right now, with every eye closed and every head bowed, we ask this in every service that we ever have, pretty much, and that is... Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? This is not a show right now. This is a very personal thing. It's a personal decision that we each have to make. I would not want to leave this place today unless I knew that I knew that I knew that Jesus was my Lord and Savior and that I was spending eternity with Him. I don't want to leave it up to my ignorant plans of, well, perhaps one day I'll be good enough or perhaps there's a God. If there is, I'm sure He'll make a way for me or... No, I would want to go with God's plan and his declared plan. Somebody said to Jesus once, how do I get to heaven? And Jesus said, you've got to be born again. You've got to have the powerful work of the Holy Spirit do something on the inside of you. You can't do it yourself. It's got to be done by God. How does that happen, Jesus? Well, very simply to say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I declare you to be my Lord and my Savior. For me personally, come into my life. Make me a brand new person. And when you pray that prayer from your heart, the Bible says the Holy Spirit does a work on the inside of you. And the Bible says it's you being born again, brand new start. Friend, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. It's why you're here today. You're not here by accident. Or perhaps you're here today and you say, you know what? I say I'm a Christian, but I don't, I don't really live like one at the moment. Well, if that's you, friend, then I'm going to ask you and encourage you to pray with the rest of us right now. But firstly, if that's you and you want to say, you know what? Today's a day of change for me. Today's a new beginning. I, I, I want to know that I know that I have eternal life. I'm going to ask you with every eye closed and every head bowed now to lift your hand in this auditorium right now, please. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. 
Come on, anybody? Fantastic. Seeing you, a number of hands. Anybody else here today saying, come on, I want to know that I'm a believer. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. Right, let's pray, shall we, here today. And let's all pray this prayer. I've prayed this thousands of times, literally. But come on, let's all pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. You've demonstrated your love by sending Jesus, your Son, to die on the cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus. I receive you today as my Lord, my Saviour, and my friend. By the help of your grace and your power, I'll never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate here today, shall we?